Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the Union Naval. That's to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm ever yours, Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, you are in the place where I feel at home. That's right. This is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. And if this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturdays, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you and of course with great dispatch and alacrity we'd love to thank our distributor the salem radio network that's right the alan nathan show is entering its 25th year of national syndication all thanks to you reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again all thanks to you and by the way I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right. Please get out of the thought control business. Also, a big thank you and shout out to all the live streaming organizations taking us and all the podcast networks. Just a blast. Thank you so much. All over the place. Um, Look, a federal judge scathingly strikes down Biden's immigration policy, saying they have, quote, turned the southwest border into a meaningless line in the sand and little more than a speed bump. And he adds, releasing more than a million aliens into the country. Thank you very much. What's next on that horizon? Also, Federal Trade Commission Chair Lena Khan, what a schmuck, demands Twitter turn over the journalists behind the popular Twitter files. You know, the ones exposing government lobbying for censorship. And also, oh, yeah, you guys have got to explain why you fired former FBI lawyer Jim Baker as your deputy general counsel. We can't have that. Folks, is this crap stain? Lena Khan, the FTC chair, Lena Khan, is this crap stain that ignorant of the First Amendment? First Amendment makes it abundantly clear. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech. You can't do this. Now, if you have government pressuring media to censor others, well, then, yeah, other components of government could weigh in on that to stop itself. That's why you have your checks and balances and your reciprocal checks and balances. But this piece of crap needs to be reined in. I mean, a first-year law student could take this one out. Also, as the once-censored Chinese government COVID lab leak theory takes on greater credibility than its natural origin predecessor, again, this has also been confessed by the Department of Energy as well as the FBI, as this is happening, why does the CIA continue its own politically driven and tyrannical suppression of the same finding they know better why are they saying otherwise i learned about these bozos a long time ago and they tried to recruit me out of college and i'll tell you something i'm all for getting rough with the people overseas i'm all for having an aggressive intelligence agency and i know there's things that we've done that we can never acknowledge because others are doing some things that are pretty horrific to us under the wire. I know all that. There's no Pollyanna population here. But you don't do that crap to your own people. 
because it's not commensurate with your politics. So CIA, please, get your collective head out of your collective butthole long enough to see some light of day. And stop looking like fools. You look like idiots. Everybody knows you know the same intel. What, we're supposed to believe that the Department of Energy and the FBI has become privy to intel to which you've not been made aware? Are you kidding me? Who is buying that? Do you guys have the collective cerebral dexterity of a bowling ball? I've witnessed a greater example of intellectual prowess from a vacuum cleaner. And they suck. (laughs) You guys look like idiots. Please stop embarrassing us on the world stage. Come clean. Say you agree with the Department of Education, I mean the Department of Energy and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Don't make out that you don't have intel that's not at least on a par with theirs. Please stop being imbecilic and brain dead and cough it up. Former DNI, uh, Radcliffe, uh, Director of National Intelligence, he believes it's nonsensical that these folks supposedly have not uh, found what's out there. Anyway, without further ado, on another matter, we have Bobby Charles joining us, spokesperson for uh, AMAC.us. He's also a frequent commentator on Fox TV, radio, and print. Uh, He served in the Reagan and Bush 41 White Houses, by the way, was Assistant Secretary of State under Colin Powell, and is the author of the widely read, highly praised book, on World War II veterans. Please go and read it. I recommend it. Eagles and Evergreens. Eagles and Evergreens. And by the way, he has got a great piece out. I'm not kidding. Go to AMAC. Go to amac.us, and you'll see the headline, Lefty's Attempt to Put Those Evil Oil and Lobstermen Down. And the paradox is they're stepping on their own collective blank as they're doing it because you have the greenies really attacking fellow greenies in the name of being green. It doesn't get more comical more comical than this. Robert B. Charles, good to have you back. How are you today? Alan, it is always great not only to be on your show, but to listen to you. And I could not agree more with the three things that you laid out initially. And I, I could comment more on the CIA, but I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Anyway, um, I, I was looking at your piece here. Let me just buzz through it a little bit for the people. Um, just a little common sense from the peanut gallery. Leftism is shot uh, through with contradictions from promoting welfare as empowerment and racism through uh, critical race theory to promoting transgenderism that destroys Title IX protections for girls. But two recent examples steal the show. Lefties are eating their own. On one end of the country, you have Maine lobster men and women, by the way, just trying to make a living. Thousands eking out a modest income at sea and ways done for 100 years. Suddenly, they are pummeled by dark money from environmental activists. They're told that they are evil. More, they are told they are so evil to whales, several of which have washed ashore dead, so must be put out of business. Now, 80% of lobsters consumed in America come from Maine, and liberals except for Jane Fonda don't like them. But no, lobster persons must go. Irony of ironies, the real reason whales are washing up dead, not tied up in line, as the latest oceanic reports suggest, is new ships blithely traversing sea lanes to map and install massive wind turbines and horizon-altering proce- uh, a horizon-altering process that also deals death to migratory birds. Increasingly, this appears the culprit, despite the frantic activist denials. They're hurting their own, are they not, Bobby Charles? It's really unbelievable, Alan. I mean, if you wrote a, a, a book, you know, like Joseph Conrad or Catch-22 these days, you'd be hard-pressed because reality kind of quickly outstrips the parody nature of what you're watching. Here in Maine, and I'm physically in Maine at the moment, um, it, it is absolutely unbelievable. They they blame lobstermen for the death of these whales when, in fact, the whales are not washing up covered in line. They're washing up. Uh, and there's only a, a few of them, but they they have washed up, basically uh, hammered by ships that are that are traversing the sea lanes, as you said, that are not traversing the sea lanes in the way they normally do. And what are the ships doing that? They're the ones that are putting in these massive wind turbines that actually another set of studies shows that they are just ripping the guts out of these these rare migratory birds that go back and forth and stop 
in these exact locations up and down the seaboard. So, you know, the crazy part about this is that if if you can't make up a lie that's big enough, you make up a bigger one. And they've done the same thing in California. uh, Well, they've done the same thing in every state in the country, from water rights to property rights to whatever. But out in in Alaska, they've done it again, because this week uh, Biden's White House is going to come out with a ruling on the so-called Willow uh, drilling project, which is extremely important to the economy of it's a safe project as, as you know, safety beyond the limits. But all the Native American groups out there want it to happen. And Biden's going to kill that. So it's really crazy what the lefties do. It seems they're just trying to marginalize capitalism at every twist and turn because socialism is harder to sell when people are more individually fiscally self-reliant. You're just less vulnerable to to their uh, their pitches and they can't have capitalism resisting them. So they'll use a secondary or tertiary measure because they're unable to satisfy the primary one. You know, the one born out of the original the original dispute first exposing the conflict. Bobby Charles, always a blast. This message is provided by Beringer Ingelheim. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is one of the more common forms of progressive fibrosing interstitial lung diseases with symptoms including breathlessness during activity, a dry and persistent cough, chest discomfort, fatigue, and weakness. There are more than 200 lung disorders that can lead to pulmonary fibrosis, an irreversible scarring of lungs that can negatively impact lung function, quality of life, and may become life-threatening. While approved treatments for people living with these diseases can help slow disease progression, new therapies are needed to help potentially stop progression. Fortunately, there is new research underway to assess the safety and efficacy of an investigational treatment in patients with IPF and other progressive ILDs. This is part of Beringer Ingelheim's Phase 3 Global Fibronir Program. To learn more about Fibronir and eligibility requirements, visit fibronir-ipf.longboat.com and fibronir-ild.longboat.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to scale 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country, but unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's 
dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The only conspiracy here was a conspiracy of silence among the left in America, whether it's the liberal media that was trying to silence me and others making these basic points or Democratic politicians like Joe Biden, and Nancy Pelosi saying we're racist or nativist or xenophobic. Um, and then you had MSNBC and CNN and all the rest piling on. And then you have people, you know, in the government, like Tony Fauci, as you were pointing out earlier, adding more fuel to this conspiracy of silence, trying to squelch all dissent about the party line. And I want to remind everyone that both of these points were just basic common sense. Anyone could look at the facts on the ground in Wuhan and say, this virus most likely came from that lab. What I said about deploying the National Guard or active troops if necessary when local law enforcement was overwhelmed or not allowed to do its job, again, was supported by a majority of Americans. Yet, when it doesn't play into their ideological preconceptions, the left simply wants to silence all dissent. And who can argue with that? It's been exposed through the Twitter files. It's been exposed that uh, the government lied to us about COVID, telling us that uh, natural immunity was weaker than vaccine immunity. New England Journal of Medicine made it abundantly clear that's wrong. NBC reported on it. Came out last June. Also that uh, masks had great efficacy. You should wear them. If you don't, you're racist. (laughs) Every imbecilic kind of accusation that could be thrown at you were. Yo, you're you're a science denier. Really? Then, of course, you have the Cochrane study, which is the gold standard of these things, making it abundantly clear. No, masks didn't have much impact at all, really. No, no, no. Got to wear the mask so you stop transmission of uh, COVID. Well, it turns out it doesn't really do that, does it? (laughs) And, of course, the January 6th was another example. Now, this isn't to say that some, some bad things didn't happen. You had people got out of hand, windows were broken, people were hurt. One person got killed, Ashley Babbitt, Air Force veteran. Unarmed, she gets killed for breaking an entry by a Capitol Hill police officer. But the reality is it did not rise to the level of insurrection. And now that we have footage being shown by Tucker Carlson of Fox News, courtesy of 41 something thousand hours or whatever that he has from uh, Speaker of the House McCarthy, Kim McCarthy. We're learning all that was not shown. And now, of course, those who resent that, the entire left and some rhinos who didn't like Trump and don't like the fact that this might help him, they're coming out and saying, well, he's he's cherry-picking. He's trying to give the impression that nothing happened that day. We saw what happened. We saw those windows broken. We saw those barriers breached. Yeah, we all did. But we also did not see these things that the footage is showing. So you can't say in the name of not wanting people to forget the breaches that were made that you rhinos and those on the left have a right to obscure other footage that can disabuse a lot of folks of the narratives that were peddled by the left off that ridiculous committee, the January 6th committee, comprised of seven Democrats And two anti-Trumpers. Anyway, without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing. Over to the show, Bobby Charles, not Bobby Charles, I'm sorry. Tim Rivers, secretary with the American Gulag Chronicles. He also runs a channel on the social media app Telegram called the American Gulag Chronicles, which has been chronicling the treatment of the January 6th prisoners. Tim Rivers, good to have you on board. How are you today? Thanks, Alan. I'm glad uh, to be here. Yeah, you know, I just heard you say, uh, talk about all the false narratives and everything. Well, this is the biggest false narrative anybody's ever heard of, Um, that this was an insurrection, that this was a planned violent overthrow of the government, that people who showed up in in costume without weapons were there to violently destroy democracy and injure everybody within. I mean, it's it's beyond ridiculous. And these guys have been saying it. and the government gagged them. I guess that maybe is even more disturbing than what happened is that these men and women are being censored and gagged and restricted from telling the truth. Um, the only way they've been able to get it out is, is through their families and through writing the letters to their supporters and to people who write to them through Patriot Mail Project. 
and and they tell the, the real story of January 6th, and it don't look nothing like the J6 Select Committee story. Really? And, and, and let's face it, these rhinos like uh, uh, the senator from Utah, Mitt Romney, um, and, and, and a few others, they, they look imbecilic and brain dead to a lot of folks when they insist, oh, we're against Tucker Carlson showing this footage because he's trying to make believe that uh, these other incidents didn't happen. No, Tucker Carlson didn't say any of that. He's not saying that people didn't get out of line. He's not saying that there still wasn't a riot. He's not saying that people didn't break in and, and do things that were unlawful. He's pointing out, however, that a number of these people that have been uh, maligned as insurrectionists were actually initially invited in by some Capitol Police personnel, shown around. This guy, Jacob Chansley, he's gotten four years in jail. He was referred to by the, uh, by the liberal media as you know, the, uh, the QAnon shaman. But... Uh, he was, we see on the footage, him being guided by Capitol Hill police without any incident whatsoever. Yeah, he's in costume, fine. Ooh, how scary. But, I mean, he's, he's given a guided tour. I mean, you can't be guilty of breaking and entering after you've been invited in and escorted. Where am I mistaken? I, I think this is a little scary, although i got to tell you, I really enjoy watching the left's brains explode on public television. It's, it's, uh, it's gratifying. For those of us who've been in this fight for two years and who have known the truth and been screaming the truth like, you know, some crazed uh, uh, person, you know, on a horse running down going, hey, the British are coming, the British are coming. It's like, no, we're losing our liberties. We're losing our liberties. And here's the people who can tell you who are, who are happening to them now. And now you see the left having the exact opposite effect. It's, oh, my God, you know, we can't show the truth. Um, because then that reveals how untruth everything we've shown you before is. Oh, exactly. Um, Let's look at some of these characters, like uh, Brian Sit- Sicknick, right? He's, he was oh, a Capitol yeah. Hill police officer. The the That's media story. said that the guy was attacked by a mob. They falsely claimed he was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, I think. Anyway, yep. the footage shows and, the guy was walking normally while escorting Trump supporters out of the building. And the guy wore a helmet. He wore a helmet. He that would home. seem to that would seem to sort of undercut the whole narrative surrounding how he died of a head injury. And then, of course, you got a bunch of footage showing this guy Ray Epps, a guy caught uh, uh, urging Trump supporters to go into the Capitol the, the the night before the riot. And and he guess what? The guy's seen on the grounds about a half an hour after the time he told the House Select Committee regarding a text he sent to his nephew, claiming he was already heading back to his hotel. Turns out that yeah. was a false claim, was it not? Obviously, the video shows that the guy was not where he said he was, as per his testimony. I mean, there, and this, this, I'm just scratching the surface here. And again, none of this is to be inferred as meaning that what did happen did not happen. All I'm saying hmm. is that clearly a lot of other things did happen that we didn't know about, and also things that were claimed to have happened did not. That's all I'm pointing out. You know, we're kind of looking at this a little bit crookedly, too. I'm going to assume that a large number of our audience considers themselves to be conservative, patriotic Americans, believe in our country, believe in the, what it stands for, what, it's, what it stands for in the world and what it stands for to each of us, and, and really would have no problem, you know, showing up at a rally and talking about. And then all of a sudden, um, you get swept up in an FBI raid and thrown in prison, denied your constitutional rights. Those are the things that should scare the heck out of us, is losing our liberties, losing our constitutional protections. Well, you um, know what? That... It, should, it should motivate us, because if anything, the government should be concerned. There's over 400 million guns in this country, and trust me, the vast majority of them are not owned by the gun-controlling left. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? 
author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Not everyone is a morning person, and that's okay. At Burger King, we let you be you and have your morning your way. With a variety of menu items made just for you, satisfy any craving on any morning. Feeling savory today? How about a croissant sandwich? Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant. Perfect with hot or iced coffee. Is bacon more your thing? We do that too. Try a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich with crispy bacon, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant. Try it with an ice cold Coke. Or maybe you're craving something sweet. Then French toast sticks are sure to satisfy. Golden brown, piping hot, and perfect for dipping in a side of sweet syrup. Pair it with a simply orange juice. Why not? It's your morning. Complete your breakfast combo meal with hash browns and a beverage of your choice. Have your breakfast your way. Because morning person or not, you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes, When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM. So can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council.
The only conspiracy here was a conspiracy of silence among the left in America, whether it's the liberal media that was trying to silence me and others making these basic points, or Democratic politicians like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi saying we're racist or nativist or xenophobic. Um, and then you had MSNBC and CNN and all the rest piling on. And then you have people you know, in the government, like Tony Fauci, as you were pointing out earlier, adding more fuel to this conspiracy of silence, trying to squelch all dissent about the party line. And I want to remind everyone that both of these points were just basic common sense. Anyone could look at the facts on the ground in Wuhan and say, this virus most likely came from that lab. What I said about deploying the National Guard or active troops, if necessary, when local law enforcement was overwhelmed or not allowed to do its job, again, was supported by a majority of Americans. Yet, when it doesn't play into their ideological preconceptions, the left simply wants to silence all dissent. Which shows their weakness. It shows their weakness. Arguments should be able to rise and fall on their merits. Not because one side gets to quash the other. That's not how... One argument should transcend the other. Oh, we'll just suppress one, and what do you know? Our preferred will therefore rise. Yeah, I guess, if you're able to exert that kind of control. But in this country, with leaders who rule by the consent of the governed, you pull that, that, that crap very long, and you're in trouble. There's something called the Second Amendment option, and it exists for a reason. I don't want to be bellicose here. This is an academic discussion. What happens hypothetically? If all three branches got so populated by one party that all those checks and balances were corrupted and all we had were the people looking at their own constitution saying, wait a minute, we see there's direct violations going on here. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for judicial review. You have to have judicial review because there's plenty of times where the constitution just doesn't have corresponding language to deal with a particular challenge and focus. So for better or for worse, we rely on uh, the judiciary to pull it off. But if hypothetically... Uh, they got so dominated by one political ideology where the Constitution was ignored. Well, the people wouldn't need judicial review to know that, because understand this. Judicial review is not necessarily required by the people to know that the Constitution is being violated. When denotatively or connotatively, words like shall and will are being ignored by the courts, and also by extension the executive as well as the uh, legislature. Please understand. <laughs> Let me make this very clear. If I Let me be as rudimentary as I can about this, okay? No court can rule that the Constitution is in opposition to that which its text explicitly permits, nor can any court rule that the Constitution is in support of that which its text explicitly forbids. Okay? Can't do that. Because then we're saying, oh, well, then our institutions, under the trappings of officialdom, get to disconnect themselves from the very laws they require the rest of us to follow, and we just have to take it because they're doing so under the trappings of officialdom. No. What did Thomas Jefferson once say? And I'm paraphrasing the hell out of this one. But, you know, how long can a country hold on to its liberties unless its leaders are reminded from time to time that their people preserve the spirit of resistance. Let them take arms. Now, that part I remember exactly. He did say that. He was in support of the Second Amendment. That's the Second Amendment option. That's what it's for. A well-regulated militia, meaning a well-timed militia. I'm going to get to my guest here in just a second. But a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. A well-regulated militia, in the, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's for the purpose of keeping our state secure. Being necessary for the security of a free state. You can't have government going rogue on you. And just because it does, under the trappings of officialdom, doesn't mean we've got to listen. Now, again, we can't be willy-nilly, herky-jerky about this. You've got to let the checks and balances work out and the reciprocal checks and balances work out. But hypothetically, if in the aggregate the government winds up disconnecting itself from the very laws it requires the rest of us to follow, guess what? That's tyranny. And this country has a long and storied history of knowing exactly what to do with effing tyrants.
Anyway, without further ado, we have assisting. And, oh, by the way, that was uh, Senator Tom Cotton who was talking earlier. Uh, it was a clipping played on the Sean Hannity show. He says, the left being in an uproar over his claims about the lab leak theory in his op-ed that the National Guard would have been helpful in containing riot shows that they just want to censor anybody who doesn't speak the party line. Assisting in the opining and analyzing, so sorry for getting taking so long to get to you, Dr. Mark Sherwood, a former Oklahoma gubernatorial candidate. He spent much of his career in law enforcement and also at the Functional Medical Institute. Um, doctor, good to have you on board. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing well, Alan. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Honored to be here. No, good to have you. Good to have you. I mean, this COVID uh, fiasco that's been going on, it's just disgusting um, how long they were able to get away with it. Now, of course, you've got people like uh, Bill Maher, comedian, and, uh, um, you know, uh, the, the um, host of uh, the, the former day, host of The Daily Show. I can't believe his name is escaping me. <laughs> but uh, if my producer can remind me, I'd like to hear it in my ear. But... Um, Anyway, these folks made jokes about how it was ridiculous to completely discount the lab leak theory because empirically verifiable evidence was so preponderant uh, in, its, in its availability that to deny it looked foolish. But foolish is, foolishness is what we, we're all subjected to. Now, of course, the latest revelation from the Department of Energy admitting that COVID most likely came from China's Wuhan lab um, has the woke all in, 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 a, in a Twitter, if you will. I mean, is it possible that woke left government bureaucrats and officials are, are finally suffering some breaches in their sensorial wall of propaganda, or am I being overly sanguine? No, I think you're, you're on point. I'll carry it one step further, though. There, these people oh, who are communicating you. these narratives are really people that are just they're, they're just capitalizing on opportunities to, to bring viewership to their shows. That's all it's about. It's about money. It's about popularity. Nothing more, nothing less, right? And so that's what drives their, their mentality. Well, generally speaking, they've been characterizing dissent against woke government narratives as sort of an example of racism or conspiracy theories. This is, you know, Doc, this is despite the functional illiteracy of the first, and, and they're really being... Nothing inaccurate with the label of the second. I mean, there was a conspiracy, right? I mean, what constitutes a conspiracy? The only thing required to prove a conspiracy is to demonstrate that two or more people committed wrongdoing together. Isn't that correct? That's correct. And and I'll put on my former law enforcement hat and affirm that that's exactly what the law says. And so, you know, this wasn't a a big... uh, over covert operation that was not over to see. I mean, everybody saw it. If you just opened your eyes and begin to do some critical thinking, I mean, first of all, problem number one uh, was we partnered with a country to do experimentation, and that country happens to be a country that wants to see us die. So there you go. That's a bad move, bad marriage, bad partnership right there. And then we decided that we're going to cooperate, and we're going to believe in this one time. Just because they lie to us every time, in the spirit of cooperation, <laughs> we're going to believe them. And now – and we're, we're use, utilizing uh, monies that we pay to fund that experimentation that used to be in the States, and now it's over there. I mean it's like – Absurd when you think about. Oh, it's the out of ideas. a bad movie script. It's out of a bad. If a oh, movie wrote, if a movie were written with this plot line, uh, the left would say, "Oh, how ridiculous! Never could happen." Oh, it's totally. Oh, by the way, totally the the, 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 uh, the comedian I was trying to reference before was John Stewart. My producer just told me it was John Stewart. Uh, he was the uh, he was one of, he was the first host of the the Daily Show. Uh, he and Bill Maher, and kudos to them. Uh, at great risk to themselves and their careers, they were out there long ago saying it is ridiculous to quash the lab leak theory. And um, I'll always be thankful. But you know what? What I really don't understand is you got the Department of Energy out there saying that it's more likely than not the lab leak theory. And the left like to say, oh, but they do so with low confidence. I don't give a shit. They don't. They fine. They do it at low confidence. But what they're saying in low confidence is that they still believe that it's more likely yeah. that the lab leak theory is the way versus uh, the natural immunity. And of course, the FBI has a moderate level of confidence that it is uh, the lab leak theory. And and of course, uh, uh, FBI Director Ray recently reinforced that in an interview, and I think it was on Fox News. Mm-hmm. Where he made it quite clear, yeah. Well, we've <clears throat> since last year we've believed that 
uh, the lab leak theory is the most likely explanation for how COVID began. The big question is, can they show that it was deliberately engineered? Not just that it was lab leak theory, but, but it was it deliberately engineered? Now, recently, uh, yeah. Jeff Sims, um, former deputy director of national intelligence for strategy and communications, as well as John Radcliffe, who was the former uh, director of of national intelligence during the Trump administration, they wrote a pretty cool op-ed about how the CIA is looking rather imbecilic and brain-dead. My words, not theirs, but still uh, their write-up. If you wouldn't mind, uh, Doc, would love it if you could stick around with us. Uh, folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit JumpCloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you wanna support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got, got his first, first job, job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to, to choose, choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. 
Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. The Washington Post called his lab leak theory a, quote, debunked conspiracy. The New York Times said it was a it was fringe, but they weren't the only ones. Take a look. Tom Cotton a couple of days ago uh, spouting a conspiracy theory that the Chinese made yeah. this virus up. You have the lab and we'll Senator uh, Tom Cotton actually closed uh, his office this morning, uh, calling uh, calling it the Wuhan uh, virus as as he did so. Um, and he has, of course, been out uh, in public talking about uh, conspiracy theories, frankly, as to where the virus came from. Giving just the whiff of credibility there on television and on social media to a conspiracy theory going around that the coronavirus originated and was perhaps man made inside a lab in China. They are, with such stentorian certitude, trying to demonize everybody who had the mitigated goal, audacity and lack of fortitude, nay the temerity, to actually assert that the, uh, <laughs> the lab leak theory might have some resonance, may have some relevance uh, and now, of course, after having been demonized for about a year and a half, they are sheepishly saying, well, we need to move on and go on to other things because, after all, togetherness is what really matters. Are we in this battle together? And why are we busy with fault finding? And why are we being divisive? <laughs> yeah, right. Again, people characterizing accountability as somehow always being more inappropriate than their shirking of it. They're losing this war. They're losing this propaganda war, despite having all the advantages. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left-right, black-white, two-dimensional approach. You've got the Department of Energy and the Federal Bureau of Investigation making it abundantly clear. Yeah, it looks more likely that the lab leak theory is the origin for COVID, not natural origin. You were listening to some clips offered by Fox News' Hannity with Sean Hannity. He reads uh, from the Washington Post, the New York Times, quotations from February 2020, saying the idea of COVID coming from the Wuhan lab was a debunked conspiracy theory. Apparently not. The only thing being debunked is the assertion that it was debunked. Okay? And the only thing fringe now are those who were claiming it was fringe. And you then heard from MSNBC's uh, Joe Scarborough, MSNBC's Katie Turr, MSNBC's Brian Williams, the operative... Uh, Collection of uh, letters is MSNBC. <laughs> All of them. They were wrong. Dead wrong. We have assisting in the opining and analyzing. Dr. Mark Sherwood, uh, former Oklahoma gubernatorial candidate. He spent much of his career in law enforcement. He was also at uh, the Functional Medical Institute. Good to have you back, Doc. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again, as always. No, I appreciate you sticking around. Really yeah. do. Um, yeah, man. So, you know, again, latest revelation from the DOE is admitting that COVID is most likely from China's Wuhan lab. Um, also, of course, the Federal Bureau of Investigation having admitted it to it earlier. But, again, after the DOE, they came and reinforced their earlier admission. I was, I was delighted to see that. Were you not as well? I was. And, and certainly from, from my perspective and my wife's as well, we, we uh, more than suspected this came from the Wuhan lab long ago, just because that type of virus, the coronavirus per se, to get its gain and function, it didn't just happen out here in nature. It had to happen in the lab. We just we believed that from the very beginning of this uh, crazy journey we've had for the last three years. And people just kept pushing that down and pushing that down. And now we have 
these law enforcement agencies saying that it's it's more likely than not. And I can remind the listeners too, you know, being former law enforcement again, when you have probable cause, meaning it's more likely than not, you take action. This is that's just an FYI to people. You take action. You do something. You don't just talk about it. You know, if you had probable cause that a crime's occurred, you go make the arrest or whatever you do. You know, the idea behind this is the, this talk and conjecture that we do. We need to do something with it and have some teeth. You know, like we need if, if that's the case, and I believe it is that it occurred in as, as a as a lab leak, intentional or not intentional. It's irresponsibility, and we need to stop doing business with these people that absolutely want to see this country die. I know it, it is. Um, it is beyond. Um, it's it's beyond uh, counterintuitive because I'm. Um, um, looking at a CIA that doesn't seem to have any compunction whatsoever in politicizing what should be a non-politicized agency. Now, again, as I mentioned uh, before break, Cliff Sims served as Deputy Director of National Intelligence for Strategy and Communications, and uh, John Radcliffe, he served as the 6th U.S. Director of National Intelligence during the Trump administration. And... Um, they put out a piece together on Fox News. Uh, the title is, Is Biden Silencing the World's Premier Spy Agency Over COVID? That the CIA just doesn't have enough information to assess COVID origins is utter nonsense. Now, the director of national intelligence, as you know, is the one who is ahead of all the intelligence uh, organizations. Mm-hmm. He knows of what he speaks. He knows that this organization clearly has just as muscular of an intelligence apparatus as the Department of Energy yeah. does, you would wonder why is it they're still unsure about this question. And it's laughable, is it not? I mean, the CIA, I think, is stretching credulity to such a na- snapping point that if it were a rubber band, they'd be taking out their own collective eye. Or am I being too snarky? No, you're really not. You're right on point. And, and just to just to... to to make the nail in the coffin to, to solidify your point, look at what America's done from a government standpoint and the way they've allowed China to affect the economy, to affect agriculture, to affect science, to affect the world with this virus. I mean, we continue to make this breeding ground, if you'll pardon the play on words there, of communism strong because we continue to do business with them. I don't understand why. Well, I do understand why I believe a lot of these people that are in our government actually have business ties to China, and they don't want to see it go away. Well, no, I, I think some of that's going on thing. as well. But I remember in the '80s when this began, I had the I worked for the Agency for International Development. I was a I was an admin type, low admin type, but I worked with someone by the name of Dr. Gray Cowan, and he was one of those folks who believed that introducing capitalism to China would eventually be seen as sort of the Trojan horse of change because. Mm-hmm. The view is that once you get folks inside a country accustomed to fiscal independence, well, then political uh, independence would naturally follow as uh, a subsequent appetite. In other words, once people got a sense of self-determination, self-actualization financially, then politically they would start wanting to as well. And, you know, some of that is going on. I mean, every day you have thousands of protests in China. As hardline as they are, every day there's thousands of protests in China. It's a big place. Well, during the days of Mao Zedong, that never happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we have yeah. some of that going on. It's just happening with far more gradation than I think the original planners had ever envisioned. Uh, it wasn't supposed to take this long, and this is what we're dealing with. Uh, Dr. Sherwood, thanks again. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.